Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 48. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Welcome to another great episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. And I am so excited to bring to you another great female success story today. Her name is Miss Erin Collins, and she is going to share some of her strategies today of how she finds houses to flip and her techniques for that. Cause it's definitely gotten challenging in the Southern California area in the last couple of years for people to find deals compared to a few years ago when it was like they were falling, they grew on trees, they were easy to get and now it's more challenging. So I'm bringing her on today to share with us how she finds her deals. So welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate you sharing your valuable time with us today and with my listeners and people that want to learn more about how to have success in flipping houses. Why don't you give our listeners your background on what you've done kind of in your life and for work and, um, and you do this with your husband and tell us about the two of you and how you've got to where you are today. Okay. I started, um, started my career out of college in financial services. Um, and it was a field that I loved and, and, but more so than anything, I wanted to have the background because I knew that I didn't want to do that forever. I just wanted to, to learn. Um, so I did that for a number of years, I think eight years. And then we had, uh, two children. We had our, our first baby and I went back to work part time. And then we had our second baby and it was just, it was kind of too much to boom and, you know, back and forth. So I stopped working then to be home with our babies. And then when the youngest started preschool, um, we, well, okay, so I should back up. While we were, while both my husband and I were working, we were buying rental properties. And we started doing that in 2009. And we would buy them and renovate them and rent them out. And, um, after my youngest went to preschool, that's when we started flipping. And that awesome. was the two of us flip full-time, both of us, my husband and I. Fantastic. Don't you just love the flexibility of the schedule? I think when I was messaging you um, this week or last week, you mentioned you were like at, on a field trip, right, with your yeah. kids or the zoo or something? Both of us went. It was, it's, it's wonderful. You know, if both of us want to go pick our children up from school. You know, if one of us wants to go one day and volunteer, I mean, it's, it's, it's why one of the main reasons why we love this, this business. That is so awesome and exciting. I love when it affords people the freedom to be with their kids a lot more. And yeah. it's great for the kids to see entrepreneurialism in action, too. Right. So um, why don't you tell us about, um, I'd love to hear some of the stories of how you've acquired some of your flips. Maybe, I mean, would you mind, do you remember the details of your first flip and how you got it and how it went? Ooh. Yeah, our first one wasn't a good one. <laughs> that was our, my husband calls it our, um, that was our education, our, our, uh, our college tuition, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so we partnered with someone um, and we brought all the money because we were both working, still working at the time. So we structured the deal where this person who had experience, um, more experience than we did with actual flipping. Like I said, we had bought and renovated and held. So it's a different level of innovation, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, 
So we did decided that this is we wanted to start flipping, and and this was someone that um, was in a in a mastermind group that we were part of, but we didn't know him well. He was just in the group, and and I, you know, in retrospect, nobody in the group knew him really well. <laughs> so um, he had a deal, and he was going to run the whole deal, and and kind of um, you know make everything happen, and we just needed to bring gap funding. So we did. That. Oh wait, let me stop you there. Yeah. What is gap funding? So someone that doesn't know that's brand right. new, what does that mean? Right. Okay. So there, um, oftentimes very frequently when someone's doing a, a flip, they're going to have a loan um, of some sort from um, either a, a short term lender or, or even maybe a traditional loan, but less frequently they'll have a traditional loan, right? Usually it's going to be a short term lender. Um, and those are uh, referred to as hard money loans. Mm-hmm. So uh, this person was going to have a hard money loan on the house, but hard money lenders won't lend you all the money because they want you to have some skin in the game. So there's a, there's a a gap between what they're going to lend and what the total amount that you're going to need to do the deal. And so um, we brought that money, that gap. Right. And that's often the balance of a down payment or it is a down payment and often construction or renovation funds also. Right. right? Is that what your situation was? You did both? It was on that one. Yeah. Now, now our our hard money lenders bring the um, renovation funds too. So we just do the the down payment and that's it usually. Oh, nice. But okay. For that that particular deal, that's how it was. We we had to bring the, the renovation money too. Right. So tell us what happened. How did it go? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. Long story short, we lost 50 grand on the deal. Oh. It wasn't a good deal and all ready to start with. And then this person was leveraging all of his services on the deal. So he was a partner. So he had equity in the deal. But in addition to that, everywhere where he felt like he added value, he thought he, need, he deserved to be paid for that. So whether it was a discount that he got, well, he, he, you know, he didn't pass the discount on to the partnership. He kept the, disca- the discounted portion for himself. Um, and he was getting paid all along the way. And um, it, wasn't a, it already wasn't a good deal to start with. And, uh, yeah, it was, the, it was a big learning lesson. But um, it was painful, for, of course, for that time. Um, but now it's, it's so far in the past. I'm like, I barely remember the address anymore. We're over it. And, you know, it was a loss, but we learned a lot from it. And we haven't made that mistake again. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Did you buy your next deal while that one was still going? Or was it after that one? Because um, I'm kind of surprised you didn't just quit. Like if someone's losing 50 grand, like, oh, this stinks. I'm out of here. I'm not going to do it. But you didn't quit. Right. No, we didn't quit at all. We were, we were convinced that we could make this business work. We knew that. Um, and we knew that we wanted the lifestyle that it would afford us. And um, so we were pretty determined. And we had, we, had, we had surrounded ourselves with people who were doing it. So we knew it could be done, right? Okay. We just, you know, we made a silly mistake by partnering with somebody that we didn't really know, like, and trust. And that was just our fault for doing that. But we knew that the business could be done. So I, I want to say we actually bought our next deal while, we, while that was still happening. I think, I think that may have been the case. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And how did you find that first deal? Did that partner come to you and say, hey, I have a deal. Will you be the gap funder? Is that how that, that first one yeah. came? Yeah. Okay. He, he had found the deal. He, you know, he was doing all the work. It was, it was just kind of, you know, it was going to be packaged. And we just, all we had to do is provide the money. And, and then we would just be able to, to, to learn, you know. 
Right. But um, we learned, yeah, we did learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one of my favorite quotes that I love to remind people of, I think it was Jim Rohn that said it, it's not win or lose, it's win or learn. And you guys have the right attitude. Like, hey, we learned from this and we're going to be better and we're going right. to keep going. So I love that. Yeah. And so we appreciate it. It was our, it was our, you know, like it, it, we learned it up front and get it out of the way and keep moving. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you're new to this game, if you're a listener and you're thinking of getting into it, don't think you have to experience that. Not, not everybody right. has, has a $50,000 loss on their first deal. And thankfully, Erin and her husband had the financial staying power that it didn't, you know, ruin their lives, thankfully. And they've done way better since then, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, just you got to really research who you're going to be doing business with and learn about their character and make sure that they're taking care of you financially. And that's really good lessons to learn. So how did you find um, your first deal that you did on your own then? That deal came to us through a um, a agent that we work with, who that we work with a lot now. She's she's a really big part of our business, um, and she had another investor because um, she specializes in working with investors. And they were hold, they had a deal on a contract that they couldn't handle because they were gonna they were um, they were gonna wholesale it. So, okay. So she and so she helped you know, facilitate that because she knows that she's representing them as the buyer. And if she brings the buyer, I mean, since she's representing the buyer, she doesn't want the deal to fall out. Right. So she's going to help to find someone who will buy it. Another investor, since they don't want to keep it. Right. Found us. um, And so it was a great deal for a really, really great deal for us. Awesome. So she brought it to you. It was already ready to go. And, um, would you say that you find all of your deals through realtors or most of them? Cause I know we did talk about that. Yeah. It's about 50% through realtors. Um, the many of the houses that we find are actually on the MLS. Um, and do you find those yourself? Are you a licensed agent or do you have access to the MLS? We do have access to the MLS. We are not licensed agents. Um, we use the MLS quite often, but most most of our searching we do on Redfin actually, because we get can get notifications all day long. I love Redfin, and I love the way that they show the information about a house. You know, where they're at, whereas the MLS is just a less little less user friendly. But when yeah. I'm going into research something a little more in depth. That's when I'll I'll go into the to the uh, MLS. Interesting. So Redfin is your preferred platform. That's what you use mostly. Then. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And I would love I mean, when we were talking earlier um, before you were talking about how you do get a lot of deals from realtors or maybe it's the same agent. I'd love for you to share your strategy of how you've made that work for you. Because I know when I've tried to talk to agents, I mean, yeah, I've probably got about 100 deals from realtors too. And it's definitely a process of educating them and training them, which I know you've done well. So I'm excited to hear how you've done that. But a lot of times if you're a new investor and you go tell a realtor, hey, I'm a real estate investor and I'd like to find some houses to flip, they'll, the first thing they do is we talked about this is they'll put you on that automatic email alert and they don't check anything out. You're just, they don't even know that it's happening. And I know that cause I'm a realtor and I send those alerts, but they're to buyers. So it's a whole, I mean, I should say owner occupants, someone that's going to live in it. It's a whole different ballgame than when you're the kind of investors. 
So I know their first inclination right. is set you up on auto email and you get blasted with all these things that are of no interest and they really are frankly a waste of time. So why don't you tell us about your whole strategy and, and how you've trained your realtor or realtors to bring you great deals to flip? Yeah, that's a really good one because um, I would say really, really high percentage of agents are just not suited <laughs> for working with investors, right? Exactly. Um, they're, they're trained differently. They don't think quite how we think. You know, we think out of the box a little bit and that, you know, so um, there's one agent in particular. I'd say there's maybe two and a half agents that we work with really closely. There's one and we work really, really closely with and there, there's, um, and um the, the agent that has come into mind the most is um, one that I met when I was just calling on, um, I was calling the listing agent on a house that would look like a potential fixer. And I was, you know, at that time I was thinking it makes most sense to try and uh, place an offer with the listing agent. And this listing agent said, well, you know, it's kind of a conflict of interest for me to represent you, but I have somebody in my office who, you know, specializes in working with investors and, I was like, good, bingo. So um, turned out that she really was, you know, I, I think, you know, I think m maybe at that time she was at the beginning of, of, of um, her career, um, but she was very, very hungry and was um, trying to learn what investors are looking for and already had a good idea of it. Um, and so over time we've developed our relationship together and she, she works with, she works with, she doesn't work exclusively with, exclusively with us. We don't work exclusively with her, but, um, you know, we respect that relationship on deals that we do together. And, um, she, um, one thing that's, that's really helpful is we'll send, when she sends a deal or a potential deal, she sends a list of potential deals, maybe, you know, twice a week or once a week or, or whatever. Um, whenever she gets to it, but it's fairly frequently and it's stuff that's on the MLS usually, but she'll, she'll send my suggested uh, purchase price. She'll send my, my opinion of the ARV. She'll send comps to support that and a, and a short write-up of the property. Um, so we'll get a list of maybe six properties that we should look at as potential deals. And, um, you know, we'll look at, and I think she sends them to other investors as well. But if we call her on it, she represents only us on it. And um, that's one way that is really, really helpful, you know, because if someone just sends you stuff, that, quite frankly, because we work in, we live in Pasadena and most of the work that we do is in Pasadena and Altadena because it's just easy for us to stay in our market and network and kind of, we know values really well here. Um, so if someone sends me something that's on the MLS here, very often I've already seen it or my husband's already seen it or, you know, or we've already even been there or, you know, maybe even we've even talked to the homeowner on that house, you know, so it doesn't add a lot of value just to send something, just send a listing, you know? Um, another thing that is really valuable is if we go to look at a house, which we always do, we don't often make blind offers just cause we don't have to like they're, you know, it's in our market. And, um, and she'll, she, oftentimes she, usually she's already arrived before we get there and um, has already had some ideas about what might make sense in terms of the layout or changes she would recommend as someone who's going to sell it on the other end, retail, you know, to the retail clients and um, just has opinions and, you know, really adds value in that way. I've, you know, a lot of agents will um, not do that kind of thing. Just not have that the valuable, valuable information to share and, and insight, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you touched on a few things that I'd love to kind of 
go deeper and um, reiterate, like really good. I've trained people to train realtors. I, when I meet or have met realtors, I say, hey, you need to send me three things when you send me a deal. And you've said it, purchase price, because sometimes they know that they can get it for a different price than what's on the MLS, or it's a short sale and they know the approved price. Um, number two, ARV with comps. And I say, you know, hopefully like six comps, not just, oh, there's this one comp that was three miles away and it sold for a hundred grand more than anything else. They're like, okay, well, what's sold in the area? Because that's what an appraiser is going to look at. You know, you've got to educate them. Right. And then the last thing you said, a brief write-up of the property. Um, yeah, I've said, tell me a list of repairs. I never expect you as a realtor to know what any construction costs are, but right. tell me what it needs. Like, oh, it for sure needs a new roof or it needs air conditioning because they, you know, they stole the air conditioning condenser mm -hmm. or you should redo the kitchen or maybe you don't redo the kitchen. I remember a house I did in Riverside. It was really old and kind of, I would say historical. The agent told us, don't rip out the cabinets, leave them. But I'm like, they're so old. They're like 80 to 100 years old. He's like, this is what people like in this area. And I didn't know the area, that little historic area. Well, I'm like, okay, he was right. It sold quickly. People liked the old-fashioned historical vintage stuff there. Oh, so yeah. once again, like it's the local realtor that really knows it now since you're you live in your same market you have a way better idea of that than you know i'm going lots of other far out places if i got an agent that can find deals and they know how it needs to be fixed up you know that works yeah so that's that's awesome like the write-up of the property tell them tell you about it and any any particular information like sometimes it's great to know hey it's right by a really desirable school so this is going to be a hot seller right yeah. like Right. stuff like that yeah and 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 also the the next step is once we've shown interest you know if we zeroed in on something on our list and we call her on it or say you know this one looks interesting to us the first thing she'll do is call and get all the information very good at asking the right questions so that you know she's got good information from the agent um and that's that's invaluable you know yeah yeah like you can ask him what are the have your agent ask what are the pros and the cons of this property, the plus and the minuses, what are, if it's been on the market a while, why hasn't it sold? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it's awesome that you have the agent go with you because that is where they can add value. If your agent is going through properties in the area, either on broker preview or they're working with other buyers, they know what buyers want. And so it's great if she is interacting with those buyers more frequently than you are because you're not showing buyers properties. She can say, oh, people are loving the white shaker cabinets or now people really want the gray shaker cabinets or whatever it is in your area or the, the latest countertops. Yeah, my latest heartburn is butcher block. Can I go to butcher block even though that's what people are doing in LA? I don't know. <laughs> so that's yeah. <laughs> Are you doing butcher block in yours or not? No, we haven't done it yet. Mm -mm. It's probably not hot in Pasadena, but oh, some of the places in LA now. Surprising, butcher block is back. Yeah. Well, it looks good. I think it looks cool. I'd like to do that in the house sometime. Yeah, I worry about the longevity of it and people denting it and stuff. But anyway, that's a different topic, a different day. But yeah, have your realtor really dig in and tell you when you when she walks the house with you. Oh, I I think. You know, buyers would like this, they would like that. Oh, if you can open this up. Sometimes they, they don't have to be an expert contractor, but they might have seen something in another house that they can 
tell you about that you can copy, duplicate. You know, right. it's not a bad thing. That's what we want to do is model the ones that are good. Right. So that's a really great way that they can add add value for you. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, what other um, tips or advice um, or certain questions or issues that that maybe you've encountered would be helpful for people to to know and working with realtors and how to train them. Um, one, another thing, um, I remember when I was learning a lot about this business and I remember people saying how investors are, are the mentality of investors just seems to be a little more like willing to share and you kind of, kind of, you know, open to sharing and that realtors sometimes are a little less that way, you know, or like, you know, this is mine. I gotta, I gotta keep these things. And so the, the agents that understand that it's more about quantity than making every dollar on every single deal um, seem to be the best fit for us as well, you know, and they're, they know that we're going to do multiple deals with them. They know, you know, so if, if, if they need to kick back a money here or if they need to, to, you know, offer this service as, as part of, what they're going to pay for, then they'll do that because they know that this is a long-term relationship. We're going to do lots of deals together. So, you know, the agents that have that mentality, like just keep moving. Um, you know, I've found that those agents kind of work with us a little better. Yeah. Well, and I would say too, that it's great if, you know, ask for what you want. I've got a realtor, working helping me with the flip that she found for me that's it's an hour and 15 or hour and 20 minute drive from my house it is far so I'm not checking it out I think I've been there a total of three times and I asked her hey can you go check it out and make sure the paint job looked good can you hire a local gardener and a cleaning lady I mean of course I'm paying for it but she's happy to do that because she's happy that she's double ending the deal she got the buy end and she got maybe that's not called double ending but she gets the resale commission. So she's getting for sure two commissions out of it. Right. And I'd be thrilled for her if she got the third commission, if she found the buyer too. And I make it right. apparent that I want them to win and make money. If we want everybody to make money and be happy, but I'm not out to take advantage of her. But when I ask if she can do it and she's like, sure. Yeah, great. I'll, I'll run out and check it out. Cause it's her area. Let them add value and let them know what you want and need. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, we're kind of getting close to the end here, but I'd love if you'd share a couple of stories of your deals. And I think you talked about networking in your area with agents too. Maybe you could talk about the networking first and then maybe give us um, an example of a deal or two that you've done. So okay. how, have you, how have you found agents? Do you just walk into a real estate office cold and say, I'm an investor and I'm looking for agents or what have you done to find your agents? Um, well, like I said, oftentimes it's, it's just, um, talking to people really. Um, it's kind of hard cause it, it hasn't always been one particular source, but what I would advise people if they're looking for an agent who works well with investors, um, to just start putting that out there, you know, call local uh, real estate offices and say, hey, is there anybody in your office that specializes in working with investors? I mean, that's a great way to just, you know, and maybe the person that they tell you um, is a newbie and is not quite there yet, or maybe they're great, or maybe, maybe they are a newbie, but they, you know, they can be trained in, in, in the way that you need them to be. Um, so I think that that's one thing that I would do. Um, Another thing is looking on, you can look on Redfin, you can look on, if you have MLS access, you can look on MLS, but you can see properties that have been flipped and see who represented 
the investors of those properties. Um, Very clever. I love that one. And you can tell when a property has been flipped when it has a buy and a sell date. Like it's usually within six to 12 months. Like, wait, that one was bought and sold recently. That's a flip. Like that's a, you notice that one. Or you can tell too if it's staged and doesn't look lived in. Like, oh, that's a flip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, just two other things I'll mention in terms of finding deals that I wanted to, to make sure that I put out there. Um, networking with other investors that, that are in our area. You know, if I see, if we see somebody that's working in our, you know, you know, we might be a little unique in that we, we kind of stay, we'll go outside of this area. I won't say that we won't, but you know, we, we do a lot of our business here. So we know who's working here. We know, who, we know who's investing here. And if we see someone that we are not familiar with, we definitely first thing we do is go and introduce ourselves and we want to meet them because um, we had two great deals last year that we bought as wholesales from other investors who had them under contract. They were too busy to do them um, and they turned out to be really, really good deals for us. So that's another good source of, of deals. You know, if you're networking with other people who are doing what you're doing, sometimes they, you know, they'll have something that is better suited for you than it is for them at that particular time. Um, and the, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was um, we get, we're getting some really good leads. We actually bought a house as a buy and hold last year from a local like handyman type, you know, guys that are live in the neighborhood, live in the city or from the city and, and know everybody and, you know, are always doing little small odd jobs at everyone's home and everybody adores them. And they call us with, with really good leads sometimes. And um, last year we bought it. We bought a real, a really good house for a really good price that we decided to keep. And um, we've got some new leads recently. And sometimes they'll, you know, because we're dealing directly with the homeowner now, so sometimes it'll take a little longer. Um, but they're um, they're very promising. And and so and they they call us pretty often, you know. So it's a it's a good source, another good source of leads. That's awesome. I I don't ever really thought of that one, but yeah, a handyman would be a great person to network with. Um, I assume that you compensate the guy that told you about it and how do you do that? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, we tell them there's, you know, there's something in it for you. (laughs) Um, usually it's, I don't know, you know, it depends on the deal. If it's a really, really good deal, then it'll be more if it's, if it's, you know, or if they, they, they put in a lot of effort to make it happen for us. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't remember what we paid the guy last year, maybe probably between 500 to a thousand dollars for tipping us off. Um, that the person that he was, he was actually had been like, edging up her yard. She had this very small yard. He's edging up and she wanted to leave and she wanted to leave fast. And so he just told us. And so. Perfect. Love that. So network with handyman, other investors and agents. Love it. Love it. Love it. So would you, um, as we wrap up here, would you tell us about a deal? Are you willing to share any, any numbers of how a deal shakes out for you? Sure. Um, and like what we haven't even talked about what price point you do either. Yeah. Okay. So, um, because, so when we first started flipping, you know, we didn't think we'd want to do it in this area <laughs> because in Pasadena and Altadena, the houses are priced usually a little higher, um, than. So what is the, what is the price point? I'm not even hundred so, percent sure. So we usually buy between maybe seven to a million. Okay. That's high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we sell from uh, about 1.2 to 1.5. Wow. 
yeah. definitely high end. And yeah. often the, oftentimes the houses that we buy are not, you know, sometimes they're, they're true fixers. Everybody realizes that they're fixers, but oftentimes they, they're moving ready. You know, somebody could just move in into that, but um, they're not high end. Right. Finishes aren't high end. They're maybe more Home Depot, you know, and so... Or maybe done 20 years ago where it's like, uh, it's yeah. functional, it's livable, it's not falling apart. It's just not the latest and greatest and fancy exactly. and cool. Yeah. Exactly. That, yeah, that's, that's a good way to describe it. So it's, it's more of that than anything, you know. And, and so, um, but that still means, it doesn't mean we don't have to do. So usually we'll put probably average about 150 into a, a, a rehab. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We wow, do, wow, we still, wow. Even though it's nice, we do everything to it still, you know? So, I mean, once you tear everything up, it still looks like one that was a complete fixer when you started, right? Right, right. And, I mean, it's just a side note. Do you do permits on all your jobs since they sound like they're real extensive? Yes, or? yes. we have an architect that we work with, and we work with him just about every deal. Um, and he'll help us get our permits. And um, that's in our city, it's, it's pretty seamless, uh, believe it or not. Uh, Pasadena has a reputation for being really, really difficult to work with, um, and that hasn't been our experience at all. Oh well, we'll keep. We should keep that a secret. Don't go compete with Aaron. <laughs> right. Pasadena is yeah. hard. Everyone says yeah, it's hard. Did that. No, <laughs> I think yeah. I've actually heard that. So yeah, but it's all yeah. probably depending on you know you and your. <laughs> it depends on a lot of factors. I mean, and there's there's a lot of historical homes here too, and we don't touch those. So I mean, I think it'd be a different story if we touched them. And we're not. We're, oftentimes, we're not doing anything crazy. You know, if we're adding square footage, it's not a thousand square feet, you know, it's less than 500 or, or something like that, which can still be over the counter if, if you present yes. it right. So. Yes, the magic number under 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then working with an architect who know, has relationships in the city and knows like, okay, I'm going to go on Tuesday because on Tuesday, <laughs> my guy's going to be there, you know. Oh, yeah. So, so you got the system down, which can apply in any city that you're working in if you're getting permits. Right. So, yeah, get someone that's hopefully comfortable and, and good at working with the city. Mm -hmm. So um, what is your typical return on investment that you're looking for and shooting for in your area? Is that, or do you, do you judge it like by percent cash on cash or how do you evaluate it? Um, just a, a very, very, you know, I have a, a calculator that I use and I, you know, play around with all the different variables, but it, it's just a, a general rule of thumb. If we make 10% of the ARV. Oh, okay. That's an easy rule of thumb that we, we try and shoot for when we can. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I think I usually shoot for 15% of funds invested. So it probably translates roughly equal 15% mm -hmm. of all the cash in it is about the same. So mm -hmm. cool. Well, thank you so much for all your sharing. You've been awesome. Okay. And um, I'm going to put up a really nice little cheat sheet for you of Aaron's tips for dealing with agents, telling them what you want them to send you. So if you'd like to go get that great little freebie download of her techniques of how she gets those realtors to present the information in the best way possible, you're just going to go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 48 because we're show number 48. So that's hardhatholly.com forward slash 48. And Erin, if people have questions for you and they'd like to get in touch with you, would you be willing to give out an email address that they could reach you at? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm always happy to share. So my email address is uh, Pullins, which is my last name. So P like Paul, U-L-L-I-N-S like Sam, E-M like Edward Mary, 
at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much, Erin. You've been so great. We so appreciate your time and just so thankful for everything you've shared. Really awesome insights. And it's great to hear from a high-end flipper because I don't think we've had anyone that, that does that really high-end range. So thank you so much for sharing. And we wish you all the best going forward. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.